I'm Jessica. I'm Sonia. And I'm Marie. And we are Opinionated Lushes. Like our name says, we drink too much and have an opinion on everything. Once a week, we get together to drink and talk shit. We start our episodes off with a question and a drink word. We usually never stay on topic or wait for the drink word to start drinking. So go ahead, grab a drink, any kind of drink, and get ready to laugh with us and share our drunken opinions. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, get 20, 20, get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Books and Booze. I know it's been a little while. You know, Christmas is coming. We have our uh, Christmas fundraising live stream on December 2nd coming. So we've been busy, but we've squeezed an author in there that we're really, really excited about. So I'm going to pass it off to Don to introduce this week's author. Hi, guys, and welcome back to Books and Booze. Today, we have the lovely Aria Knight. Hi, Aria. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. So I want to know a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? How long you've been writing? Do you have any pets and what are their names? <laughs> um, well, I'm from New York, um, like uh, country-ish New York, not not city. Um, the majority of the state is country-ish, so I'm, I'm from the rest of the state. <laughs> I've been writing Pretty much forever. Uh, I remember when I was in sixth grade, I wrote a poem and I got accused of plagiarism. And when I was like, no, like, this is my poem. What are you talking about? My English teacher was like, you need to be a writer because I really thought you stole this. <laughs> <laughs> so that's amazing. Yeah, I was really mad. Like, <laughs> like I've never been so angry in all my life. Uh, but uh, yeah, I did not steal it. And um, pets, I have a bearded dragon named Shenron. Um, and cool name. I have a turtle named Dean Winchester. <laughs> okay, I know Even where cooler. Dean is from. What's the... Uh, Shenron? What is that Shenron from? Shenron is from Dragon Ball and Dragon oh, Ball Z. Right. Uh, the dragon that the wishes come from. Right, right, right. For some reason, I thought you were in the UK with Stephanie Hurst because no. I know you two write. So I thought you two were together, and I was just like, no. okay, if I tell her at this time at night, she's going to be able to be awake because I knew Stephanie had to wake up. She's six hours ahead. And so I was like, oh no, like, are we going to have an issue? Cool. <laughs> Not that far from us, actually. Where are you guys? Uh, Southern Ontario. Oh, okay, cool. Canada. <laughs> yeah, Canada. Yeah, Canada. Very nice. Yeah. We are Canucks. Um, 
so tell us a little bit about the book you'll be reading for us today. Okay, so um, I know you've read Mind to Bend. This is the, the next book in the series, um, Vow to Sever. Uh, so this is about a uh, serial killing billionaire who is basically so inept he can't feed himself. You know, he's been he's been <laughs> entire by his staff his entire life so he's he's basically a, a giant murdering idiot and um the nun that got his attention so it's i don't know it's it's a lot of like really crazy stuff but i think there's a lot of like poignant messages buried under like the ridiculous drama so <laughs> yes i read the first one loved it uh, I have the second one on my Kindle ready to go for when I get into my dark romances. I just got finished all my hockeys, and I'm getting into that one. <laughs> Very nice. I love a good hockey romance. Right? Just <laughs> so good. I don't read romance, so uh, every time we have like an author on, it's always like a new experience for me. Like I'm oh, she learns in, new things I every things time. All the time. Oh my god, I love it. It's like a ride, like a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> I never know what's gonna come up because some writers are like, "I'm gonna read a tame scene because you know," and other writers are like, really getting in there. They're like, "You said this was explicit, right?" It's like, "Yes, okay, I'm gonna read the dirtiest part of my book," and I'm always like, "I have no idea what's coming." <laughs> I'm just going to start at the beginning. Um, I feel like it starts with some drama. And I figure we're, we're better to start than the beginning. True, true. Well, I'm going to read true. I'm going to read the drink words um, for uh, for this before we get started. So our listeners can play along. So um, the drink words are vows. Uh, Pax Bouchard. Did I pronounce that right? Okay. Pax Bouchard. God, and if you're feeling extra challenged, father. (laughs) (laughs) If you really want that liver damage, come on up. Uh, Listener discretion is advised. Please drink safely. (laughs) I believe I brought that up like like purely as a joke. I... I (laughs) word count and there's there's 13 of them <laughs> that's okay i'm okay, ready for a challenge it. here here if you want to be a healthy drinker get a glass of water and every time father is said drink a drink some water in between, all the in between. Prevent i will those not hangovers. i'm taking the challenge yeah. <laughs> we're, we're good we're good i'm drinking beer tonight <laughs> so nice and light little sips nothing hard uh, <laughs> mine's rum so <laughs> I'm Good going luck, done. I'm excited to hear what questions you're going to ask after. Whenever you're ready, uh, we will mute our mic so you don't hear us slurping or giggling <laughs> while you're reading. Yeah, and you just let us know when you're finished. Oh, Lord. Okay. <sighs> Chapter one, the funeral of Alexandre Bouchard, Magdalena. Merciful Lord, turn toward us and listen to our prayers. Open the gates of paradise to your servant. The voice of the weathered priest booms through the yard as he prays over the corpse of the most feared man in our city, the man who killed my father. That's highly unlikely. Sister Constance's words carry beyond her intended audience of Sister Mary Catherine and all the way back to Mother Superior. I don't mean to smile. Constance and I are far from friends, but I can't help but agree with her. I shouldn't be glad anyone is dead. 
but here we are. The crush of starched fabric and a slight breeze surround me as Mother Superior bustles past. She tucks her face close to Constance as she admonishes her so no one can hear the nature of their conversation. Sweat beads on her crinkled brow and I wonder how Constance doesn't gag at the proximity. When I'm the one in trouble, which is often, she makes my humiliation a public spectacle. I'm far past caring about a little unfairness, especially today when the man who killed my papa is dead. My controlled smile breaks out in full when she swats the back of her hand. The favorites don't usually get that treatment, and I have to check myself for all the petty satisfaction I'm drowning in this afternoon. I'll pray for forgiveness later, and I'll hope I mean it by then. But for now, I've won. I'm sorry, Mother Superior, she sniffs and rubs at the reddening mark, but her pride hurts worse than the smack. You have extra chores this week and you're leading teen night. She looks back and forth, making sure no one overheard them. Remember where we are right now. This is our home, our sanctuary, so it shouldn't be unsafe, but a mobster's funeral isn't particularly safe for anyone. Mary Catherine chuckles lightly at her friend's misfortune, not even bothering to hide the ugliness for once. You'll join her, Mother Superior snaps. I keep my mouth shut lest they involve me. Mother Superior returns to her place behind us and my back automatically straightens. She's been in charge of my care since I arrived 10 years ago when I was 14 and we've never had a warm relationship. She doesn't think I'm suited to this life or belong here at all. She wanted me gone the day I turned 18 and if it weren't for Father DeMarco, who took me in to begin with, she would have gotten her way. I still don't know what I did to make her hate me as a scared and homeless teen, but clearly there was something. I've often wondered why the line I'm expected to walk differs from the others, but it really doesn't matter. No amount of obedience has tempered her hatred of me. The two who she actually likes continue murmuring, but much quieter, and I tune them out as the procession slowly but surely moves across the manicured yard. Today is strange and frightening, but ultimately a cause for celebration. My eyes drift to our in-house cemetery and thoughts of death and my final vows roll around my mind. Will I be able to devote my life to God, die, and be buried here as I wish? With the politics, that's not always a clear answer. Mother Superior can't live forever, but my only real friend is Father DeMarco, and I often worry his favor isn't enough. Who would take her place, and would they make my life worse? The bitter, petty enjoyment settles wrong in my stomach. My head throbs with the buzzing speaker system, and my worries crack apart the veneer of celebration, leaving the truth exposed. It's wrong to feel joyous that a man was murdered by his own son, and I will have to face that murderer. Suddenly, I wish more than anything I'd faked an illness to avoid this funeral. I should have lit a candle for my father in peace. The turned earth fills the air with hints of cloyingly sweet death. Father DeMarco once told me that flowers covered the smell of decay in the days before formaldehyde, and I'm left to wonder why I can smell the body when he's surely embalmed. He must be. I glance at the too bright sun overhead, hoping he's not roasting in his own juices right there. My God, this is awful. I try, but I can't ignore the odor, and from the way Mary Catherine's nose twitches, I'd say she smells it too. I'm not sure how the useless petals ever did the job. They're not helping now, and the bouts of lilies, chrysanthemums, and hydrangeas surrounding us only accentuate the wrongness. I might be imagining the rich taste of iron sitting heavy on my tongue, but his blackened blood clouds the air. The church bells chime twice, informing us that one hour has passed since the conclusion of the traditional Catholic service. We're close now, close enough that Father DeMarco offers me a controlled, comforting tightening of his lips from his place above me. But I can see the true concern around his eyes. He knows what Alexandre Bouchard did to my father and is nervous about what I might do now. 
why everyone here constantly expects the worst of me is something I've prayed on and still haven't come up with any comforting answers. One small, somber step after the other, we finally reach the table beside the dais where a photo of Alexand Alexandre Bouchard, my father's murderer, sits surrounded by an additional pile of prayer cards. I don't know if it was Alexandre himself who pulled the trigger that night. It likely wasn't, but I know he called the hit. He's the reason I have no family. Finally, Constance mutters, but Mary Catherine shushes her before Mother Superior notices. Pax Bouchard is up there. I hoped he'd get tired by now. Sister Elena's reedy voice pulls me up short. She's the eldest of the sisters and took her vows here nearly 40 years ago. We're not enemies, but she seems unsure of me, which is better than the rest. Nikolai is up there too, another of the sisters answers. He has to be. He's the boss now. I've never spoken to either of Alexandre's sons, but I've seen Pax several times. I watched him, if I'm being perfectly honest. The first few times I followed him around the monastery, I had enough rage burning in my heart that I convinced myself I really meant to kill him. It didn't take long for me to realize that wouldn't be the revenge I'd imagined because Pax was nothing to his father. He despised his youngest son. Pax's reputation is somehow even worse than his father's, crueler, a killer who does it because he enjoys ending lives for fun. My fingers trace the edge of the table and then one of the memorial cards, appreciating the memento rather than thinking about the sinful soft softening of my thoughts. Pax Bouchard is a killer, not my hero. He's the animal his father made and not one who needs shelter. I'm dreading stepping up on that stage and facing the man I've been slightly more than morbidly obsessed with for the past few years, cursing how I'm feeling. But what scares me more is the fact I want to see his victim, the man who killed my father. I lift the card by one edge, pressing it into my fingers. I stare down the living image of Alexandre Bouchard. The sharp little prick of the laminated corner centers my spiraling thoughts. You're so small now. How does it feel to be powerless? I tuck the card into my pocket before someone notices my odd behavior. The line of people on the stage moves a bit quicker now, or maybe that's my anxiety as Constance stands on the top step and I shift away from the table and take my place at the bottom. Even in the relative shade cast by the dais, the spring sun is bright overhead and beads of sweat spill down my back. It's unseasonably warm, feeling more like the coming summer. This is a performance rather than a funeral, and hungry eyes creep along me as I take another step up. I'm not approaching the gallows, but tell that to my racing heart. There's no bomb beneath my feet, but I can feel the ticking as it counts down toward my doom. Hundreds of people stand on the ground below watching the spectacle. Their eyes pass me over easily. I'm one of the many with the other sisters surrounding me, and it, pro and it provides me a sense of anonymity I cherish. I've never seen so many absurd hats and designer clothes in one place, and the desire to stand out like that mystifies me. It reminds me of the fashion show I watched when Mom left me with the neighbor for a week. The people leave a wide berth after paying their last respects. They linger no closer than 20 feet. I search the nervous, whispering faces for a hint of sorrow or a single tear and come up blank. A line of men divide the general crowd in the dais dressed just like the rest of them, but instead of frightened, they look eager. Alexandre's inner circle. Where does their master's death leave them? Constance sinks to her knees before the coffin and Mary Catherine waits directly behind her as I reach the top step. The sun blinds me momentarily and I can't see anything but the colors splashing my closed lids. As they adjust, I see something I wish I never had. What everyone else on the other side already has. Pax opened the lid.
I lean around Mary Catherine, but still can't see more than the foot of the coffin, the white satin lining, the lid now propped up when it was closed inside the church. The men don't flinch as Constance sobs. She doesn't bother to cover her tears as she pushes off the kneeling bench and rushes down the stairs on the opposite side. At least someone cried at this funeral. A slightly green tinge colors her fair complexion as she joins the sisters who've already said their prayers. There's a sense of welcoming and comfort as they silently converge on her. No one touches, but there's an obvious need to be near one another and an ease in that closeness. Loneliness crushes my heart and I realize my instincts proved correct faster than I imagined. My revenge today is hollow. Mary Catherine kneels before the coffin. The pale blue scarf she prefers peeks out from beneath the black, and her hands shake as she presses them together, but she doesn't hold my attention for long. This is the first time I've gotten a good look at Alexandre. Now I understand why Constance ran off crying. She was one of the naive girls who believed Pax couldn't have possibly murdered his own father, but seeing this removes any remaining doubts about the validity of the rumors. My lips murmur a prayer before my brain catches up with my surroundings. I'm in the presence of true evil. Mary Catherine stands and offers Pax a hurried blessing that catches. Rather than correcting herself, she scurries away. I peel my gaze away from the coffin, finding Father DeMarco standing beside Fathers Campbell and O'Rourke. All three men are watching me, but I barely see them. Standing in the place of pride next to the coffin is the killer, Pax Bouchard. Sinking to my knees, the thick layers of my tunic and scapular bunch uncomfortably beneath me. My lips form the shape of a prayer, but I don't dare utter a sound. Cold chills break out on my overheated skin, and I do everything possible to ignore the paranoid feeling of being watched. It's like someone is savoring my reaction to his work. I've seen Alexandre a few times since the night my father died. The exposure was enough to teach me to control the worst of my rage, but it never truly dampened it. A delighted and repulsed shiver goes through me at Alexandre's unnaturally sculpted face. A little too wide and lumpy, globs of makeup fill the bullet hole between his eyes, and he's covered in foundation to make him appear livelier. It's not working. His skin has a waxy, doll-like quality. He's a creepy marionette rather than a man, and the texture of his freezer-burned skin doesn't match the melted makeup. And that smell? It's so much worse here. How did it feel to die like my papa, Alexandre? Are there bits of shattered bone mixed up in the modeling compound? Why does your son hate you enough to open this coffin? His neat blonde hair sits artfully combed on his ruined forehead. Somewhere around his nose, he looks more normal, though still withered. He's most definitely not embalmed, and the man has been in a refrigerator for days. The crisp black suit is so neat and pristine compared to his destroyed face that it's especially horrifying. I wonder if the garish red pocket silk displayed prominently on his chest is a joke. Did Pax also shoot him in the chest? My prayer ends, but my mouth hangs slack. I stare, learning every detail and storing them away in a dark, fascinating, fascinating place I keep closed off. It's what formed when I watched my father die, and I try to keep all the ugly parts of me stuck in that one box, buried beneath piety, devotion, and grace. But today, its lid hangs open just like this coffin. I know I need to move, but instead I stare at the diamond-encrusted watch affixed to his wrist. A deep and familiar dread fills me, haunting and overpowering. The world is collapsing and my vision goes wonky at the edges, not because I'm going to pass out, but because my consciousness is trying to rip itself away from my brain in its desperation to escape. My spine burns as I force myself through all the emotion and silently beg for help, guidance, anything. 
Instead, I find Pax watching me. He stands only six feet from where I kneel, less than his six foot four inches. His eyes bore into mine, startlingly green, just like his father's. I hadn't allowed myself a single glance in his direction all day, fearful of my reaction to him. This is worse than I imagined. He's so tall, he towers over the men beside him. He's not overladen with muscle, but broad and strong through his arms and shoulders. Sharp features, curly black hair, and full lips make me ache in forbidden ways. His black suit and red pocket silk match his father's perfectly, and I'm certain Alexandre's chest contains bullets. Sickness grows in my stomach until saliva pools in my mouth, and I think I'm going to vomit. I'm attracted to a murderer wearing matching suits with his dead father. Pax flips through my soul as he stares in search of my deepest secrets, and I'm horrified he may see them. Does he see how little I regret this death? Does he know the sickness is from the shock of the presentation rather than what he's done? He slayed my dragon. His lips quirk ever so slightly around the edges, just enough of a smile to remind me to be afraid, but not enough for anyone else to notice, and heat chases the ice out of my spine. I'm terrified he sees all those things and more. Everyone here knows what Pax is, and the current boss stands beside him rather than condemns him. A subtle current of crushing power emanates from the two of them, and my attraction ebbs as my determination flows. I will not give either of us what we want. He's not my hero for taking his own father's life, and he didn't get revenge on my behalf. He's another source of evil to detest as his father's legacy in this world. All false idols fall, Pax. I vow to him silently and his eyebrows notch up in interest. His slight smile rolls away to reveal the cruelly white flash of his teeth. I give him nothing. Well, that's not true. I smile back, broad and bright. But before I'm too satisfied with myself, my gaze stumbles on something I wasn't meant to see. A line of purple bruises beneath his collar. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. What an end. So <laughs> I finished my drink. <laughs> yeah, I opened the second one. Oh my god, you're very good at um creating imagery. Yes, that's yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn. Hold on uh, a second. Open my drink. Hold on. I was like <laughs> gagging. So and you're like, he was in his juices, and I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, he was he so yeah. <laughs> No, it's good. I loved it's it. a good imagery to evoke when you're talking about a dead body. Yes, but uh <laughs> yeah, he's he's a real dead. Like 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 Pax intentionally held this funeral off because it's it's supposed to be like a big show of don't like don't fuck with me. But um yeah, it's great. Yeah. That's what I got from it. Like damn. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I got so many questions. Um <laughs> What made you decide to write dark romance? I'm a creep, I guess. I don't know. Like, I, I, I like what I like. And, you know, for a long time, like, I felt, like, really guilty about the fact that, like, I was really into C&C and stuff like that. Like, um, I always like to point out that, like, dubcon and, and non-con don't exist in real life. You know, they're they're entirely fiction-based, like kink exploration devices yeah. that don't exist in real life um but like i've always been into like cnc and shit and for the longest time like i really like tried to like feel bad about it and like i don't know judge myself and what once i just said fuck it like dark romance was an obvious choice for me. Yeah, obvious yes i, just, I agree i also write rom-com um <laughs> <what>? <laughs> Just a little, just sprinkled in there. I write a little rom com. Well, I, I like the jokes and I like the banter. Yeah. <laughs> fair, fair. I, um, I I've been trying to like decide on um a secondary pen name for rom com okay. going forward, and I have this like literally at this point it's an intrusive thought because I vetoed it six hundred times. But my brain keeps saying Aurelia Nightlight. <laughs> I think that's cute. I think cute. it's very rom com y. It is cute. Yeah. It's I love much. it. It's too much, though. <laughs> uh, do, do you think you'll ever write? I mean, you, you talked like, about writing rom coms. Do you think you'll ever uh, explore genres outside of like romance or. I have, I have like some really high fantasy stories that like I would one day like to try to traditionally publish. Um, that's like a very, very long standing goal though. Um, but yeah, I do, I do have like one, one high fantasy story that I've rewritten like 6,000 times. <laughs> cool. No one will ever see it though. <laughs> one day, one day. Hopefully. One day. Yeah, hopefully one day. Um, how long does it usually take you to write a novel? Um, it depends how manic I am. I have ADHD and I operate 
really well under pressure. Um, so like the more catastrophic things are, the more I'm just like, yes, let's do this. Um, I give myself four months to write, to write a novel and how that breaks down is different every single time. Um, I usually spend probably six weeks in editing though. I think that's like a pretty, like a pretty fair statement is that however long it takes to write, I spend about six weeks editing it thereafter. Yeah, so I give myself four months between projects. That, okay. That's still amazing. Yeah, like that's still very, very fast. That's, that's yeah, I'm fast. still on year one. Like, <laughs> I'm I'm a workaholic. I do this full time. Not only is this my job, it's my passion. So it's not that hard to make myself work constantly. Um, in fact, I literally laid down on the couch and I opened my current work in progress. And then I was like, oh, it's 8.57. I'm supposed to be somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck, I have to go people now. Like, real people. Not like my my people that I write about. Like, yeah. the ones I create. No, real people. I was like, oh my god. I, I made commitments. I will go put on eyeliner. And I did... <laughs> And I did. <laughs> I'm so happy we were worth taking away from your work for like a little bit. I'm so yeah, sure. And tomorrow's my birthday, so I'm not allowed to like work at all. Like I'm not even allowed to touch my tablet, but whatever. Like they, they have to keep me entertained, and that's not an easy job. <laughs> well, like we said earlier, happy almost birthday. I can't believe you're you're celebrating uh starting the celebration with us, yeah. but uh we I feel so I feel so happy. I didn't even know. So I'm 31 this year and I'm very relieved because I feel like 30 was such a catastrophic year for me. It was a decimating, soul crushing year. And I just feel like 31 is like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> my, my 30th birthday, I, like I shaved my head like bald. Yeah. So, I, like I, <laughs> I understand. I really checked out the topography. It's not an option for me. I, I, <laughs> look like i've got i've got some good ridges i think that i would survive like a lot of head injuries really well but it definitely is not gonna look good <laughs> there's a My new tiktok filter that does the whole shaved head and i did it yeah i look like a baby daddy of like 12 kids that got out of prison and i do my own tattoos that's what i look like and so i'm never shaving my head <laughs> Uh, mine was very, I have a very domed shaved head, so I just had to, like, yeah. make sure I had a full face of makeup, and then I looked yeah. okay. You have very nice eyes, though, Jessica. Like, you can do the cat eye really nice. Like, you have a very feminine face, so you can pull off the head. I have I a very masculine face. Off. I can't comment because you are, like, half an inch big right now. How do I even? <laughs> like, no, I don't think you can zoom in. Oh, I love your glasses. Wow. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to grow my hair out though. I am really trying. We're getting there. We're getting somewhere anyway. <laughs> but yeah. um what what do you find harder to write especially cuz you're thinking of going and writing fantasy and that kind of stuff or you have written fantasy that we don't we won't see so I don't know if it exists. Oh, you got to release it for me to see. <laughs> I'd probably put it under my actual <laughs> name too rather than a pen name. Oh, and I don't even know what that is. <laughs> my I nom de plume. Hmm. <laughs> so which do you find harder to write? Um, uh, like characters or is it world building? 
I don't find either difficult to write because my imagination is like too real. Um, these people are too real to me. The world that they're in is too real to me. I can see, I can feel, I can smell what I'm describing to you. My biggest problem is translating what I see in the right order. Um, because when you're building a lot of things, when you're talking about sights and you're talking about smells and you're talking about this world that you exist in, it's really easy to make it really boring and get people like, I don't give a crap about any of this. So to convey what I'm actually seeing and thinking and experiencing and doing it in a light handed enough way that it actually carries you through the story rather than stopping you in the story is definitely the hardest part. Yeah, I, I can see that. Like, that would be hard. Like, you want to be descriptive, but not too descriptive, right? Because then people will just be like, hey, I don't care about, like, the shades of color of the hair when it goes into the light at yeah, certain no, times of day. Like, And I, I'm pretty good at prioritizing what are the important things or what aren't, but I'm not always good at saying them in the right order. And, like, so I, when I'm going through and editing, like, I'll often, like, I'll take one paragraph and I'll be like, okay, I like each of these individual sentences and I'll just split it up and I'll sprinkle it in throughout dialogue and stuff because they're all necessary things to say, but nobody wants to read them all together. Um, yeah. Yeah. Actually, no, I, I get it a little bit less real they're they're very they're very pushy and uh, opinion and yeah they take up your time they like, take a lot of my time yeah they talk to you and you don't even want them to they're just like hey listen to me like you need to write this you're like can you go away i'm having dinner like <laughs> the one the one thing that i will say is good about it like so by the time I started writing Vow to Sever, I had seen these scenes replay in my head so many times that I was just like, okay, here we go. Because he had been tormenting me for like six months, like literally six months of, oh, you're washing the dishes. Let's do some blood play. Like... <laughs> <laughs> wherever you see bubbles on dishes all of a sudden you're just like yes blood that's it listening, listening. so there's okay so one of my most highlighted lines in here um so uh is it, it's something to the effect of let's see what's wetter your cheeks from those pathetic tears or your needy cunt so <laughs> <laughs> that's intense <laughs> yeah yeah so like there's uh <laughs> so yeah the glistening bubbles definitely okay um uh i'm starting like a soundboard of like things that people say that i'm like man that'd be funny to play you know eventually uh, i think let's do some blood play is gonna be on that soundboard because i like just imagine like every once in a while just let's do some blood play <laughs> you just said it's so happy like you're like yeah let's do it why not why not you're officially gonna be part of our podcast for now forever now just randomly sprinkled let's do some blood play i very lovingly call these my telenovelas so there's lots of like cheerful like eviscerations and you know yeah. okay so that is book two in the series. How many are going to be in your series? So there's four main novels and then there's three holiday novellas. And the four main books are, um, so Mind to Bend, 
uh, Vow to Sever. The next one, which comes out in May, is Dynasty to Destroy. And then the last one after that is Bond to Break. Ooh. And then, um, so the holiday novella, so all of the main novels are connected, like, uh, they're all related to one another. Um, so obviously the first one you read is Shane, and then what I just read to you guys was Pax, and then the next one is Nikolai, and then the one after that, I'm not ready to tell you who it is yet, but it's gonna be very, it's gonna be very exciting. And then the holiday novellas are really silly um they're really really silly they're not they're not directly connected like related um the uh the one that i'm doing for christmas is going to be like one of their employees and it's basically um about a mall santa who takes the job because he's stalking the elf and um, so like so like the series is stolen obsessions. So every single book in the series has these like stalker vibes. Um, but the holiday ones are like ridiculous and kind of funny and over the top. I love it. I can't wait to read that. Um, arc teams. Do you normally have arc teams? Yeah, I do. Um, I, I love my arc readers. Um, I, I've had an arc team since I started, um, which was in, I guess, March of 2022. Yes, that's true. Um, And I've not always been super good on, like, following up with my arcs and, like, checking my, like, reviews and stuff. I've always had a PA for, like, that kind of stuff. And um, basically, if you want to be on my arc team, like, I have, like, I, I... open the application all the time if you are in my facebook group and you leave the review and you're like hey i left a review you will get the next book like i am not like there is no militant process to my arcs you're just like you want it you got it just just tell me that you read my books and you got it please don't pirate and like if you could share that would be awesome and like if you can't it's okay too so like there's no yeah there's no crazy process and i always do arcs yep Oh, that's amazing. I love hearing that. Um, I don't join too many ARC teams. I just, like, I got so much. Like, my TBR is already chaotic as is. And then I'm a mood reader on top of that. So I try to, like, set it a certain way, and it just never works out. So this month, it's it's been, um, I did my cowboy era. Mm -hmm. Now I'm doing my hockey era. And then after is my dark romance. And then I don't know if I'm going to sprinkle in some holiday books in there. I I truly like just cannot re- say how much I respect arc readers because I literally could not and and not and not like in a disrespectful way I could not balance and manage my time and make those commitments and follow through for authors and like help with release day blasts like that is not in my in my skill set so like I think that arc readers are just the bomb Oh yeah. It's a lot of work. I used to do it. And, um, and then it got too much because I would apply for all these arcs and not knowing if I would get them. And then I would get them all in the same week. And I'm like, I I can't do it. Like I can't. I still like, I'm not, I'm not like a super experienced author or anything. So I research and stuff, but I still don't know like 100% like what's the best day for me to release you know so I picked November 1st I was like whatever November 1st my birthday is the 12th like it feels like a good date it gave me enough time 
I did not know that I was releasing this book in in the middle of the biggest release of books I've ever seen in my life. Literally people who have been banging my door down for this book were like, I'm so sorry. I can't art read for you. I've got like 12 books right now. <laughs> and I didn't, I did not give people like um, a super long window either because I didn't know if I was going to be able to make the arc at all, which yeah. I did wind up finishing early. And that was great. So I don't blame anybody for not being able to do it because it, it really was a short notice of like, I didn't know I was going to be able to do it. Okay. I have it like who's in. Um, yeah. People who really, really wanted it were like, I'm so sorry. Like you, <laughs> I literally have 13 books in my Kindle right now. And I'm like, that last week of October was yeah. like, bang, 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 yeah. twisted obsession, carnage. It was just like one dark romance after yeah. another. And I was just like, and I, you're all going in November. I'm sorry. I can't read any of yous till November. So I, take, I take your time. I said this pre-order like you know like nine months before I had no idea I wasn't like oh what you know what's everybody else doing I was just like oh let me put this pre-order in like no I really released it dead smack in the middle of the craziest week for all arc readers everywhere so sorry for yeah. that guys like, <laughs> if anybody's listening I apologize I wonder how many other art like authors were also like setting their pre-order, like just setting it all up. They're like, yeah, no, I'll, yeah, no. Around this time seems like the perfect date. <laughs> I think a lot like, of no. dark romance ones wanted it like the last week of October because dark romance Halloween they go hand in hand, right? And so I think a lot of authors try to really get that and like market it towards it. You know, yeah. like, they try to, like, you know, like, get that momentum. And um, and then uh, too many cooks in the kitchen. Like, there was just so yeah. much going on. And it was like, <laughs> what book do I even read? Y'all are, like, they, they all have the same work team almost. Like, everyone that's reading this book is also reading that book. And, like, I don't know how they found time. I'm like, I can't do it. You're all waiting. I was really, really flattered when I realized like how much overlap I have with Chantel Tessier's team for Carnage because I had so many people like, sorry, Carnage just hit the inbox. <laughs> and I was like, She did it a day early. She was supposed to do it on Halloween Day and she did yeah. it on Devil's Night instead. Yeah, and but I, like still I, I don't blame people but I was literally sitting there and I was like I had no idea wow like I felt like I was like there's so many that we have in common yeah I was on her art team for the sacrifice mm -hmm. and I knew I didn't want to even try to get on carnage because too many people were on it yeah. and I was like no and I tried for sinner um, and I never got it I don't understand why but I did get uh, the sacrifice and then I didn't even attempt carnage I was like no I'm just gonna I'll just wait it out. Yeah, I love I love Chantel. I'm actually waiting on um a special edition of um this why did I say I was gonna say the center. That's not true. It's the ritual. It's a special edition of the yes. ritual from Vegas. Somebody one of my one of my friends got for me and I'm so excited that's gonna be here hopefully Monday. I think Monday. It should be Monday. Jessica, do you have any other questions? Yeah, I was like, I have no idea what you guys are talking about. <laughs> teams. Like, that's like um, advanced reader copy teams. So they get the before the release and they get to post the review. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's yeah. exclusive. And it helps yes. authors. Gives a little bit of social proof. Um, I think like a lot of people are like, 
oh, like, I don't like read ARC reviews and stuff like that. And I just don't like, I don't think that's necessarily true. Like there are a lot of ARC reviewers who leave like really fair, really balanced reviews that like, you know, don't screen like, oh, like I got this ahead of time. So it's just, it's, it's really nice to build the social proof ahead of time, which one thing like just in general, I like to say is like, there's like a lot of talk about authors kicking off like three and four star like arc reviewers and stuff like that um which i don't understand that's crazy that's crazy don't do that not everybody is gonna like every book that you write equally and if somebody leaves you a three star with a really really valid review that allows people to either you know consume your book or not consume your book accordingly like don't be a jerk about that. Like, I understand. I personally ask people to withhold three stars for two weeks. The reason is just because the algorithm on Amazon, like, you want to keep it a certain rating for the first two weeks. But after that, like, please be honest. Like, please tell yeah. your... And if an author is making you feel, like, bad about that or, like, you shouldn't be able to speak your truth, do not donate your time to them. Do not help them because you are helping them by art reading for them. And they should not make you feel badly for your opinion or your valid effort and time. So please art read responsibly and don't let people treat you badly. I have so much beef with Amazon and um, <laughs> I did. Hold on. I know. Okay. We beefed with Amazon on a couple episodes because... Okay, Amazon. but with with authors reviews and Amazon, I have okay. So these authors now, because of Amazon, think that you need to have these reviews in order to sell your books because Amazon makes it that way, right? They won't push your book unless you have fifty reviews, and um, they're all four or five stars, right? Now, here's the thing: Amazon is profiting off of that you need to spend at least $50 in the year before you can review a product. And that includes books. You cannot say that you got an arc from it either. So like they're benefiting from this, but you, they got to make sure that the author pushes it in order for them to actually Amazon push it. Amazon has always benefited. Like Amazon remember started by selling books online and they'd mm -hmm. always undercut the book, like the bookstores, therefore undercutting the authors to make people buy online. It would, they started with books. So what like that screwing authors ain't a surprise. What people, what people forget though, is that genuinely KDP, which is, Amazon's publishing subsidiary is a loss mm -hmm. is a loss leader for them. They they don't actually profit off of the book. Um, or you know when you're talking about when you're talking about the big picture, like are they in the black on the books? Yeah, they they are about in the black on the books. They have other departments that are making them exponential amounts of money. Oh yeah. So KDP is something that is regularly on the chopping block. And I think that the only reason that they haven't axed it entirely is because of customer satisfaction. I think people would just be in, in large, absolutely outraged if they were to do that. So they invest the time and the manpower in keeping KDP running. But there's not a huge incentive to make KDP a really smoothly functioning machine because they're not making a whole ton of money on it. They're really not. And furthermore, the trad books that are bringing them like a substantial amount of money, which indie books are also bringing in a lot of money, but yeah. the trad books are not using KDP necessarily. They they are in the sense that they have back-end deals where they have accounts where they're allowed to load, you know, hundreds of these books, but they're not using KDP in the same way that indie authors are to yeah. you know, assign ISBN numbers and do things like that. So there's 
so much that could be done better and could be done right. But the reality is that there's not really motivation for Amazon to do those things, except in customer satisfaction. That's the only reason KDP is still open. So if you want changes as a reader, you have to write into Amazon. And what you have to do is you say to them, I spent X dollars this year because that's the language they speak. They don't speak any Mm -hmm. other. That's exactly it. You tell them I spent X amount of dollars this year and these are the changes that I want to see. And that's the only, only way we're going to see any changes within publishing on Amazon because customer satisfaction is the only reason they even have the department. Yep. Preach. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) But I've I've spoke that about like Amazon, my my beef with Amazon. Um, I I just, oh my God, I'm so mad at fucking, what's his name? Bezos? Yeah. Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Me and him got beef. Just like how Sonya has beef with um, Elon Musk. I have beef with Jeff. Fuck I, that I guy. beef with anybody who actually legitimately, unironically, has more than $1 billion. I just, I, I just personally feel that if you unironically have more than $1 billion, like donate some of it so that you have almost $1 billion and then you're still super rich. And yes, it may be an arbitrary line, but you don't need a billion dollars. Like, I don't care who you are. You don't need a billion dollars. No one's ever earned a billion dollars. (laughs) Right? (laughs) They stole it from somewhere. (laughs) Like, you you just don't need a billion dollars. I'm not an I'm not an eat the rich type of person. I'm not like, oh, people can't be rich. I just feel like at a certain point you're a dragon sitting on a pile of gold like throw some down the hill or something i don't know <laughs> oh i need like, the rich yeah i, I want a bu- barbecue, barbecue sauce, sauce. On the side. Yep. oh yeah <laughs> salt pepper freaking butter it throw it in the oven 350 for an hour i'm good like but it's I'm funny because like- my definition of rich is like a billion dollars but why yeah but why do you have those billion dollars like you can't convince me that you're a good philanthropic humanitarian human being i don't believe you yeah even yeah. oprah had to ask poor people for more money to help hawaii oh fuck he's oprah. a billionaire <laughs> what do you need us for <laughs> yeah put your money where your mouth is like jesus christ one like i'll, I'll like i can give like there's a couple of billionaires who have already signed off that they're not giving shit to their kids and all their money is going to charity. Like I can kind of get behind that, but I say like, why do it? Like do it before you die, bro. Like people need help today. Do it today. But, but those ones I'm like, okay, at least, at least your kids who are already freaking rich are not going to get the rest of that money. And there are like, I don't know, like 25 of them who've signed off that they're going to do that. But why are there so many billionaires? Sorry. Yeah. Why? Why? Because they they just like to hoard their wealth. I don't know. Capitalism. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Gotta keep it in the classes, man. Like you just have to. Yeah. Gotta keep that poor poor. Yeah. It just it's uh I I had to buy groceries the other day. Never doing that again. Yeah. I bought pizza today. Okay. (laughs) I didn't want to cook. Because, like, I just, my mental health has just been taking a hit, right? So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not cooking. <laughs> my mental health did not take any better it's of a Saturday. hit once I got That's that. That's all you need. It's Saturday. I didn't want to cook. Yeah. So, like, then I got the bill for three medium pizzas with $75. And I was like, fuck. Like, <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to get drunk now because fuck yeah. that. Yeah. I, I also got a pizza tonight because I didn't feel like cooking. I was tired, whatever. 
And I told them that I wanted tomatoes and onions on my pizza. And they didn't put tomatoes and onions on my pizza. And I'm lactose intolerant. And I shouldn't be eating pizza anyway. But if you put any veggies on it, I'll literally die. So I couldn't eat it. I was very sad. Rude. We need to write a letter. It was so rude. I was so upset. So rude. (laughs) <laughs> yeah well so get get uh, ha- write a letter and then send it to all your art readers <laughs> make it like a book was willing to hurt herself for you sirs and Matt. yeah like my stomach was gonna hurt and i was gonna do that for you yeah. you look what you did i was i was what advice do you have to give to like indie authors or first-time authors do you think well not to sound like an asshole but number one if you can stop writing do it like like seriously (laughs) stop writing what like if it's if it's something where you're like oh i'm gonna go get rich and write some books and it's gonna be fun because everybody's gonna love me just stop bro go do something else like go be a party princess for kids parties or something i I don't know don't do this like if 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 you don't feel alive while you're writing if it doesn't fuel your soul go find something else because this is like not like bro i get i get dms telling me my characters drink piss so i have a choice of giving people biology lesson or look just do something else. That's my first. Just, just don't, don't join us. We don't want you in our club. No, like, I don't want. I don't want me. This shit's ridiculous. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even want me. Like what's I don't about? want me, bro. This is not good. No, but like first, seriously though, like if you're not passionate about it, it is not a big money market. It is not a like super thank filled like like it's great when you find your readers. It's wonderful. But oh my God, like on the daily, I just get tagged in comments where people tell me I'm disgusting and stuff. Like, and I'm like, okay, random internet man, like you have a nice neck. You have number 47829576. Yeah, like. <laughs> Like, I don't like, I don't care about this stuff at this point. I'm used to it, but it's like, it's very intense being in the public eye. Like, it's very intense putting yourself out there. So, if it's not something you love, like, genuinely don't do it. If it's something that you love and you cannot let it go and you want to play with your imaginary friends for 10 hours a day, and the only way to do that is if people read about them because no one will let you eat for playing with your imaginary friends for 10 hours a day. (laughs) My first advice is do not skimp on the costs of startup. Do not convince yourself that you are capable of making your covers. Do not convince yourself that you do not need an editor. Those things are not true. Unless you are literally a graphic designer and you know how to design book covers. Unless you are literally a book editor and you know how to edit books. Of course, in those circumstances, you know what you're doing. But you, the layman, do not assume that you you are capable of doing all of these things alone because you will put out a subpar product. No book should have one set of eyes on it before it goes to publication. And if you don't have the money to put into publishing it, there are low cost cover options. There are low cost editor options and you can do it on a budget, but you have to start 
establishing that budget. And you can't say to readers, oh, I don't have any money, pay for this unedited work and read it. That's not fair. You're taking advantage of your consumer. So if yeah. it's what you love and you really want to do it, give it what it's due. Put a beautiful cover on it edit it and treat it like what it is something worthy of other people's time and attention and if it's not worthy of you putting in that work don't try to make other people pay for it put it online for free and let them read it and there's nothing wrong with that i've read so many stories online for free that i absolutely adored there's nothing wrong with that, that no i agree amazing advice oh my god yeah no most people you know they just give off their one little tidbit but that yeah that's it, it, it's it, it's a lot I mean I I don't I'm not a writer I, I do music so yeah. it's very very similar like I was even gonna say like with arc readers like with music mm-hmm. you put up a secret link and you send that secret link to people to listen to to write a review before the song comes out you know like that's it's a lot it, it's art and, and art takes a whole it's a whole production. You have to you have to accompany the vocals and the instrumentals and you have to balance the sound and you have to make that sound pleasing to somebody's ear. You hire producers. Exactly. Yeah. You make exact- album art, you know? Like this is yeah, it's, it's it's art. It's a whole product. You're making a whole product, creating a marketing strategy. It's like it's, need a, it's team. a lot of work. Like yeah. it, it's yeah. not just individual. You need a team. You need a team. It's impossible for a single person to create a complicated production to the market quality. It's impossible. So don't try to do something that's not possible. No, I think that's excellent advice. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's very real. real. You know what I like about it? It's raw and real. Like, it's not like some fluff, like, just write and it'll come together all on its own. Yeah. No, it's like, no, no, that's not how that's going to work. It's no. going to be hard. You're going to have tears. You're going to puke. You're going to, yeah. like, it's going to be messy, but eventually yeah. it will come together and be nice. But it's you're going to go through the ringer first. And, you know, and if you were to ask me, is this worth it? Is this what you want to wake up and do every day? The answer is absolutely. Like, absolutely. This is what I love. This is what I'm passionate about. And at the same time, though, that's exactly why I'm willing to give real advice. Like, I'm in general, I'm just the last person that you come to if you want, like, a yes, ma'am answer. Like, if you want the service, just don't ask me. Because honestly, most of the time, my brain doesn't even realize that I'm supposed to be nice. I'm just, like, honesty. And then I'm like... Oh wait, let me back that up a little bit. Um, let, let me let me put a little like niceness on yeah, it. I'll sprinkle like, it on top like, after. But like, I actually meant to say was hi. How are you doing today? Like before all that. Like, but <laughs> <laughs> but I I really love what I do, and I think that the the thing that is so special about being an author is that there's no such thing as competition. I am not in competition with anyone but myself. And the only person that I can do better or worse than is myself. Readers are voracious. They want to consume. I mean, how many readers out there have read 500 books this year? You're telling me that I'm supposed to keep up with that? I'm one bitty human with one bitty brain. I can't write that many books. How many books do you <laughs> How many books do you read in a lifetime if you read 500 a year? The idea idea of author scarcity 
is ridiculous. The idea that you are in competition with other people is ridiculous. If people are not reading, you need to do something to get in front of them more. You need to look at, you know, your advertising, your book cover, your content, your quality. What what is going on if, if people are reading or not? But I promise you, it's not about what the girl next to you is doing. And that's what is so wonderful about this business is that you can literally just endlessly lift each other up, endlessly lift each other up. And you're simultaneously lifting yourself up. And the idea of scarcity and the idea of being in competition with other authors is just like silly and stupid and harmful. So if you're going to start writing, also remember there is room for all of us to elevate each other. Like we do not need to have a scarcity mindset. Yeah, I love I I love that so much because, yeah, we need to lift each other up. We need to be everyone's hype man. We do. And especially like with a program like Kindle Unlimited, like my my books are available in Kindle Unlimited. You pay fourteen dollars. You can read as many books as you want. Like, why would I be in competition with another girl who's in Kindle Unlimited? Let's tell our readers about each other and then everybody can read everybody's books. There's no need for. Yeah. Yeah. Well. I'm all out of questions. You have any? I think that's a great way to end this, actually. Like, that is solid. Yeah, that's solid advice. So, uh, so yeah, so if you're a writer out there, keep that in mind. Make sure you really, really want it. Make sure you build your team. Make sure you put in the time, effort, money, everything that it needs to, it needs yeah. to exist. Just, care, just, just, just absolutely love it from the bottom of your heart and give it everything you have. And if you don't, don't expect other people to love it either. Exactly. Aurelia, tell us where we can find your books. Okay, so you can find me. It's scrolling right now, but AureliaKnight.com. Um, I try to keep it up to date as much as possible, but it gives you information and stuff. Um, I have like more extensive trigger lists that I don't put up because they're just so uh, like super spoilery. All of my big triggers are listed. If you have a specific trigger, reach out to me. I will answer you. I don't like I'm not going to be like, oh, no, like ask me. I will tell you if it's in the book. Like everybody's all the time like, oh, I have no triggers. And that's okay. I have a trigger. I can't do sexual stimulation with loofahs. Like, yes, it's <laughs> yes, it's random. Yup. Yup. Absolutely. <laughs> and you might say, you might say, how the hell would you know that? The answer is Birthday Girl by Penelope Douglas. There is a scene with the loop. Yes. The shower. Oh my God. Yes. That, that is a trigger for me. So I would never think to put that in a book and that's okay. If you have like, if you have a crazy weird trigger, I will never judge you. Ask me, ask me. We're good. Okay. that's amazing that's awesome and yeah you can find aurelia knight author uh on all socials and uh on tick except for tiktok where you're aurelia knight writes yeah because i get banned um so you know <laughs> let's just let's just hope that my porny smut loving self like lives on aurelia knight writes because there's don't tag the other ones okay there are a lot of other ones and i can't sign into all of them and then i get tagged and i feel bad because like i hype everybody like if you ever post anything for me on instagram tiktok anywhere i share it i repost it i comment because i am so grateful that you are taking the time to say anything about me but please don't do it on the tiktoks i can't get into <laughs> <laughs> well there you go we'll have all the links in the description below thank you again for coming on this was so much fun and like this was I, a blast i love the passion yeah <laughs> I, I, I 
I had a great time with you guys. So thank you for the early birthday. It's, oh my God, in uh, less than two hours, I'm going to be 31. You know, happy birthday. <laughs> and uh, we'll be sure to have you back for your next release because that's oh, yeah. coming up in uh, May, right? Yes, that would be a lot of fun. Definitely. Yeah, amazing. Sweet. Perfect. Well, then we'll have that planned. We'll we'll schedule that. That'll be awesome. Well, yeah. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Uh, again, you can uh, see the link scrolling if you're watching on YouTube. If you're not, it's in the description wherever you're listening from. Thank you, Aurelia Knight, for coming on and reading for us and answering all of our questions. Thank you, Don, for being such a pillar in the book smut TikTok community. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I yeah, and we'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. We hope you enjoyed this episode. There's a new episode of Opinionated Lushes every Friday on all streaming platforms. And unedited episodes Saturday on YouTube. Have a cocktail suggestion? A topic of interest? A good drinking word? Feel free to DM us on Instagram or email us at opinionatedlushes at gmail.com. See you next week. Don't forget your drinks. And your opinions.